0: Episode 223 of Monster Kid Radio With some surf tunes from a band up here in the Pacific Northwest I'm talking about the Insanitizers They're based out of Vancouver, Washington And this is the song Waterboard Surfing It's from their album Whimsical Surf You can find them at Insanitizers.com Or look them up on Facebook, Bandcamp, CD Baby Or follow the link in the show notes Over at MonsterKidRadio.net That's the website for the podcast ...devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your host, writer-producer Derek M. Cook. Welcome to Monster Kid Radio. Welcome to further discussion about the movie Tales of Dracula. This is a new movie that came out earlier this year and it had its worldwide premiere... ...at the recent Monster Bash earlier this summer. Now, I wasn't able to go to Monster Bash this time around, but a big chunk of the cast and crew from Tales of Dracula was in attendance... And director Joe DeMiro is here on Monster Kid Radio to tell us how the premiere went, how the movie was received by the Monster Kid Radio crowds, how selling the movie went on the vendor floor, and he's going to share a few other behind-the-scenes bits of trivia, making-of stories, and we're even going to find out what the original title of Tales of Dracula was going to be. It's an exciting conversation. I had a lot of fun chatting with Joe about Tales of Dracula. I know we've been covering Tales of Dracula a lot here on Monster Kid Radio, and that's because I believe as Monster Kids, we want to support our own, and we want to help out our fellow creators when it comes to this kind of classic entertainment. Joe is definitely one of us, and it's an enlightening conversation, so I hope you enjoy that. Before we get to that, though, you know what? I didn't do this last Thursday, and that's because I thought there was another episode happening in july nope the calendar got away from me this episode's going out on august 4th which means i'm a few days behind going through the executive producer roll call here on the podcast so without further ado i want to give a special thanks to our patrons who have supported monster kid radio at the aip level or higher i'm talking about mike titino justin giallo mitch gonzalez tom and eileen andy campbell tracy and scott morris Joseph Perry, Frank Schilderner, Steven Turner, and Dorado Films. Thank you for helping to support Monster Kid Radio through our Patreon page. We'll talk a little bit more about our Patreon page at the end of the episode. But that's all after we debrief with Joe DeMiro about Monster Bash and Tales of Dracula right after this.
1: S.O.S. San Francisco calling. Monster has attacked. It came from beneath the sea. Golden Gate Bridge ripped from towers. Rush new atomic weapons or whole west coast is doomed. See Columbia Pictures spectacular and terrifying. It It came came from beneath the sea. I see you... Marrying a corpse, living in a grave. The vampire can assume very many different forms at will, Sometimes it appears as a bat, and sometimes as a small cloud of swirling vapor. In this way, it can move unseen among its
0: enemies. Son of Dracula, searing the screen with new terror in this weird tale of the living dead who rise from the grave at night to prey on unsuspecting victims. With Louise Albritton, Robert Page, Evelyn Ankers, Frank Craven, J. Edward Bromberg, and Lon Chaney as the new Count Dracula, you'll shudder at the screen's most fascinating woman vampire, luring men with cold beauty and the promise of immortality. Count Alucard is immortal. Through him, I attained immortality. Through me, you will do the same. Darkness of the ancient past, out of the dust of centuries and the inscrutable silence of the unknown, come two new adventures in shock and suspense on one sensational motion picture program: The, the mummy. mummy plus, plus curse. curse of the Undead. Fear will freeze you when you face the Mummy. It tears steel bars like paper. It snaps men's spines like matchsticks. It walks through bullets like a ghost. Waken from the darkest tomb of the pharaohs, it stalks the earth with strangely human desires. The The Mummy. And on the same program, Curse of the Undead. The haunting story of a faceless fiend who drained the young and beautiful of life. Together on one program, Curse of the Undead, and in chilling technicolor, The The Mummy. Mummy. I'd like to welcome back to Monster Kid Radio, fresh off the success, I hope we'll find out here in a second, of the premiere of Tales of Dracula at Monster Bash. Joe Demiro, welcome back to Monster Kid Radio.
1: Hey, thank you for having me back. Uh, It's definitely an honor.
0: How did Tales of Dracula do at Monster Bash? I'm I'm dying to know.
1: Well, you know, we were definitely uh, surprised on how well it was received. You know, when we sat there at the table, I I think Alpha kind of underestimated the sales that were going to be there. Uh, they didn't really bring enough of a copy of the movie with them. We were sold out like Saturday, boom. So uh, thank God Ron Adams of Monster Bash and uh, Dennis of Scary Monster Magazine both were there um, and they both had copies. So we were referring people to their table. To buy copies, and we told them that we'd be more than happy to sign them. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of funny. At one point, we had like a line of people in line getting this to cover signed. So it was really cool. What a great experience that was to talk to people, you know, who enjoyed the film and, and had good things to say about it. It was just really nice. And it, it's just so cool to see them coming onto the Tales of Dracula Facebook page and the Wolf Fame production page and, and posting some really nice comments about the film.
0: That's fantastic. I wish I could have been there to see it with a group of people. For people who don't know, this is not the first time you've been on the show, but for first time listeners, Tales of Dracula is a new movie done in the style of the classics. You want to give our listeners kind of a a thumbnail description of the film?
1: Well, the film is definitely, you know, a throwback to the uh, films that, you know, any monster kid loves. You know, that Saturday morning or Saturday night chiller theater kind of thing when we all got to watch Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman of the 30s and 40s. You know, this film was really set out and geared to the fans of that era film. Um, I wanted it to be a film that you didn't have the, the blood, the guts, the gore. You know, it's just a truly a good story. You you feel for the characters in the movie, you know, and I, I think uh, we came very close to it, uh, getting it, you know, accomplished. Uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, from reading some reviews, it's it's got some you know, little rough edges in it that, you know, folks have pointed out to us, and uh, I, I really do appreciate all feedback on the film because it helps us when we... Go forward with, you know, new endeavors that we kind of have an idea of what they're thinking, what they're, what they're looking at. You know, we obviously had our technical issues with the film as far as, you know, we had Tom Rice who, um, obviously did the music score, did all the editing and whatnot. But, you know, Tom had suffered a heart attack during the filming, which caused a lot of problem in getting the film done. And then once we got Tom, you know, back up on his feet and, and back to good health and, and getting some exercise and, and coming back out filming, then we had poor Mike end up in the hospital, you know, our cinematography guy. <laughs> it was just one thing after another. And, uh you know, and I know some people felt like, oh, some scenes felt a little rushed or... And a lot of that was due to time constraints. I mean, we really were at the mercy of these folks that allowed us to shoot at these different locations. And they're like, oh, you got to be out of here by a certain time, or you can only have it for this weekend. And, you know, and then when you have something like that happen, uh, and I know you had Wayne on the earlier episode. And Wayne, you know, Wayne's a busy guy, and he was doing a lot of filming and uh his time scheduling he was supposed to be on our set at a certain time and then it just happened to be one of these locations where we only had the location for the weekend and we had to tear it down and get back out so we didn't get the shots that we needed to get they were just kind of lost and um you know there wasn't really a whole lot we could do about it But overall, I think for the budget that we ended up with and the generosity of so many great people and and, uh, the greater northern tier of Binghamton and uh, great Pennsylvania, I think we were able to pull it off. I think it comes across fairly well, and, and I think any fan, true fan, a real monster kid is going to see that our hearts are really in the right place.
0: You know, this is the first time, listeners, that I've heard about the health issues suffered by Tom and Mike. Tom and Mike have both been on the show before as well when we were talking about t- Tales of Dracula. I had no idea. They're doing okay?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom is is doing really well now, and of course, Mike was just kind of like, I think it was appendicitis or something that put him in, and, you know, what a way uh-huh. he was, you know, he. He literally came and shot a 16-hour day getting out of the hospital that morning because he knew we were in a jam because the the set was already built and we only had it for the weekend. And so we we definitely had, you know, our our, uh, struggles with the film and uh, we promised the film to be out in 2014. Uh, We put the trailer out a little early. Um, just to kind of spike the interest. And, you know, it's kind of like a learning lesson for me. I probably, if we get to go on to do something different here, that, uh, you know, I'll probably hold back until the movie's totally shot and actually cut the trailer from the movie. The trailer for Tales of Drag, Race, if you notice the castle uh, in the trailer mm-hmm. is actually not the model. It's an actual real castle that uh, we had uh, got some stock footage of. Um, just to kind of put something out there and, uh, you know, kind of a learning lesson for myself, you know, next time I'll, I'll kind of wait and hold back until the movie's completely shot and, and pull scenes from the actual movie, They're like the miniature castle. Because when you see the miniature castle in our film, it does the film much more justice than, believe it or not, than a real castle does. It, it's kind of funny in that respect, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I've seen a few comments, and I and I hope some folks who have seen the trailer are kind of passing up on the film because they're seeing the trailer. You know, I really hope that they take it upon themselves to go to Alpha or oldies.com and for the five ninety five, take a gamble on picking up a copy of the movie because I think they'll be pleasantly surprised on how different the movie plays out versus scenes from the trailer.
0: I found the movie pretty enjoyable myself, for what it's worth. I don't think I've said this on the show proper. It gets the Monster Kid Radio stamp of approval. I enjoyed Tales of Dracula quite a bit. You can see the passion. You can see the love for the source material coming through. Yeah, it's a guerrilla film. Yeah, it's a low-budget effort. But just because it's a low-budget effort doesn't mean there wasn't high effort put into this film. Does that make sense? I really enjoyed oh, the show. So
1: definitely. Definitely. yeah. And, and, again, I, I mean, we, we certainly didn't spare our budgetary restraints when it came to Ron Chamberlain's makeup effect. Oh, you no. Know, uh, you know, one of the things I said was these monsters need, you see them that you know, hey, that's a Frankenstein monster. Oh, my God, that's the Wolfman. And, and, of course, you know, uh, like I said, we know you had Wayne on the show. And other than, like you said, the only complaint we've heard about Wayne is his hair. Wayne really pulled off a fantastic Dracula. Some of these guys were not really super into the Universal or Hammer films as much as I am or uh, any other monster kid. But, you know, when I gave certain guys...
0: Well, nobody's perfect, if I can interject, Joe. Nobody's well, perfect. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, we gave, I gave them homework assignments. You know, I, I said, you know, Mike, movie Mike, take these films home and watch them. And he did, so he knew the lighting and, and how the, the effect I was looking for. You know, Wayne, here, here is the original Dracula. Here is the Frank Langella version you know I because I said I seen him a little more as a Frank Langella Dracula uh, and he like he said yeah and you know he took it home and, and he watched him and he researched him Tom DeLillo he watched the original Wolfman and every Wolfman movie that has been made since the 30s you know to kind of get a feel for his character so you know these guys really you know went out and did their homework you know and going back to Monster Bash you know I'd like to do a really nice shout out to Ron Adams and thank him for having us being part of the show. It's really a great show. Um, More folks should get out there and and, and get the opportunity to visit the show because it's really, really a family-oriented show. It's just a great show for any age to uh, go out and see, and it's just a really great show. And Rod Adams is a really great guy, and we always have a really great time at that show.
0: You know, if there's not a more captive audience for Tales of Dracula than Monster Bash, well, and maybe the listeners of Monster Kid Radio, I don't know what that audience is. When I heard about your movie, I knew it would be right at home in the Monster Pass crowd. And I'm glad that it went so well. You sold out Saturday night. Did you dress up as the monster?
1: I did. I did uh, dress up as the uh, Frankenstein, Glenn Strange uh, version of the monster um, there at the show. And then, of course, we had Ron Chaney uh, there. And uh, he was in his grandfather's Terrace mummy makeup, which was really an awesome, well job done by Ron Chamberlain as well. And then, of course, we had uh, the Wolfman, uh, running around as well, uh, at the show. Um, I spent, you know, very little time. I, I think it was Friday night. I, uh, got to wear the neck bolts for a few hours. But i be really honest, I was very interested in getting back down to the table and, um, you know, shaking hands and, and talking to the folks about the film.
0: I want to make a comment on the monster design and the monster makeup. Ron Chamberlain, master makeup artist who lent his talents and skills to Tales of Dracula. You mentioned Wayne with the long hair, and you talked about how he did the wonderful Wolfman makeup before. I like that these monster designs are so familiar, yet you've evolved them a little bit. Wayne with the long hair and the contacts. And what you did with the Frankenstein monster, I actually found pretty inspired, the way you brought it to another level. It's not the traditional flat top bolts in the neck. And people who've seen the movie know what I'm talking about. I thought it was handled very well and a very smart choice.
1: Well, again, it's, it's very collective, uh, between the two of us. Uh, me and Ron sat down with a sketch pad and I, I said to Ron, I said there were certain things that I was looking for in the monster and, uh, you know, and I kind of came up with the plate idea on the head to kind of replace the neck bolts. and um, See,
0: I wasn't going to say it because I didn't want to spoil it. So. <laughs>
1: oh, that's okay. The movie's kind of out. The movie's out. People, There's images of me as a monster okay, all over. Okay. <laughs> and what was really scary, you know, unfortunately, again, one of the things I'd like to say also about the film uh, Tales of Dracula, is this film truly is set up to be a series. I, I understand I kind of left you all on a cliffhanger, and I did that deliberately. Uh, I'm not, not going to lie. I definitely did that deliberately. I wanted. The reaction of people saying, oh my god, we want more of this. Because as a kid growing up, you know, watching the original Frankenstein and House of Frankenstein and and Dracula and The Wolfman and Jekyll and Hyde, and there was like never enough. Universal like dropped the ball on us. You could have made many, many more movies and, and we'd all love every last one of them. You know, I, I always felt like, oh my god, I need more, I need more. It was kind of like, uh, being a junkie. You know, I needed more monster movies, you know, and, um, and I needed to know where some of the origins were. How did some of these things come into be? And when I set out to do Tales of Dracula was, I wanted to answer some of these things. So, again, Tales of Dracula really is the first in the series of, I, I have like another two scripts already written. Um, Which, if we happen to go on, will be sent off to Dwight Kemper to be polished and buffed because, you know, Dwight Kemper did an amazing job, you know, fixing some of the issues that I had in the storylines and uh, a very talented writer. And, you know, he's got his books out. So Tales of Dracula, folks, really was just a setup to introduce you to the characters through the eyes of Fame Productions.
0: While it may just be a setup, I still found it enjoyable on its own. You mentioned dwight I mean he's fantastic, one of the standout performances in the movie. I really liked Wayne, and when we had Wayne on the show and we interviewed him, we we ribbed you a little bit about some of the behind the scenes. the bloopers were in the background. You can see you mouthing the words to some of the dialogue. Do you have any dirt on Wayne <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, Wayne, uh, you know, as far as dirt on Wayne goes, not really. I mean, the poor guy (laughs) has apologized more than I can't tell you how many. I think every time he sees me, he apologizes for being late to the set that day. And there were some scenes that we did lose um, that I did want to shoot. And that was, again, because Laura, Laura Brank, the uh, youngest of our vampire Brides, the young uh, girl with the brunette hair, she had to, you know, scoot out that day and couldn't be there, you know, as late. So therefore, we did lose a couple of shots of interaction with her and Wayne that, uh, you know, kind of might have helped the scenes a little bit better there. But like I said, poor Wayne, the poor guy is more than apologized. I can't tell you how many times, you know, like he said, that even with the longer hair and everything, he he did a really amazing job as Dracula. And and then, of course, into the defense of our Dracula, you know, our Dracula truly is based on Vlad Tepes. So, I'm really saying that that is who our Dracula is, and, and we want the choice of a little bit longer hair, um, to kind of fit what Vlad would have looked like back in those days, in his real day of rain. So we kind of did purposely go with the longer hair, and, uh, Ron Chamlin did some amazing drawings, uh, without even meeting Wayne. Uh, we had, Ron it did some drawings of what he felt that Dracula should look like, and, and other than, uh, the only thing we didn't end up giving Wayne, which, uh, you know, was a choice later on, was uh, Ron had put in the drawing with the mustache that Glad had always had. And if you remember Christopher Lee, there was a movie Christopher Lee did that was a Dracula film, and he finally said, I get to play it more like Vlad. And it, and it was I can't remember the exact title of the movie, but Christopher Lee actually has a mustache in the movie as he plays Dracula. Um, you could probably maybe know the title a little bit more than I and, and like I said, Ron Chandler started that way. But it was funny when we looked at the drawing and when we finally found Wayne, we're like, hey, yeah, this could work. You know, Wayne was definitely a little taller than what I had. I was looking for in a Dracula character. Wayne is a very tall guy. He's like 6'3". And and I always joke with everybody, you know, uh, uh, Glenn Strange's monster was always particularly my favorite version of the monster. But I always care if they said Glenn's my favorite, but I'm in Carl Offen Heights, so I'm only eleven. So when I bear on the big boots and, uh, you know, the, the headpiece and everything, I end up being 6'6". So I'm only like three inches taller than Dracula. But I, I think it still played out fine and well in the movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I loved your guys' scenes together. I loved Wayne with the Dr. Frankenstein character. And I believe the Christopher Lee film you're referring to is just Count Dracula directed by Jess Franco, of all people, which is yes. supposedly yes. one that of the it. closest to the original source material that Lee did. There is that. And it's it's a good watch. I mean, it's before Jess Franco started doing a lot of nudity. so Yes.
1: <laughs> Which might be a good
0: watch for other reasons, you know.
1: So and you know that's a hard one to find. I have not been able to track that down.
0: When you think Dracula and your Christopher Lee, you don't go to Jess Franco, so I understand totally. <laughs> As far as Wayne goes, I loved his interactions with you. I loved his interactions with Dr. Frankenstein. Those scenes were amazing. And, again, without spoiling it, I'm a little bummed to know that that Dr. Frankenstein wouldn't be coming back for the sequel. So I'm really disappointed with that because I loved their chemistry together. But the Wolfman, wow. Talk about amazing. That was Incredible makeup and great performance.
1: Yeah, Tom DeLillo, you, you, like you said, uh, <clears throat> I've read a couple reviews of the film, and people said that he really channeled the Lon Chaney Jr. You, you kind of felt the empathy that you had for Lon Chaney Jr.'s character. I just think Tom DeLillo really embraced her And, and the funny part of that was was when he came in to do his read, my uh, daughter, Jessica, who also did some help writing for the film, she actually, when, when Tom walked in, she, she nudges me and says, Dad. It's the wolf man. <laughs> you know? Wow. And, and I looked up and I said, like, oh my god, it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, Tom, Tom had to part before he even left the room, you know?
0: <laughs> wow. Does he know that?
1: Uh, I don't know <laughs> if he knows that or not. And, and you know, Dwight, <laughs> Dwight was really the same way. You know, Dwight came in wearing a, a Universal Monsters shirt with all the collage of, of them. And as a matter of fact, I think it's the same one I had that glows in the dark. And I asked Dwight to play the innkeeper as in the original 1931. Oh, you must not go out there. And, my like, oh, God, he just nailed it. I'm like... That's it. That's the innkeeper. You know, there really is no other innkeeper. <laughs> you know, so certain people just kind of came in and, and nailed it. Now, mm-hmm. Courtney Bennett, who plays Dr. Frankenstein, originally was good to be Dwight's daughter, uh, the innkeeper's daughter. And we just had a really okay. rough time finding a Dr. Frankenstein. You know, our original hearts were set on bringing Donnie Dunnegan in. And then, of course, with our budget issues, we couldn't afford to do that because Donnie was all for doing that. And what a great, great opportunity that would have been to have Donnie in this film to come back and play Peter Von Frankenstein you know that would have been just awesome Oh yeah. unfortunately we just couldn't do that budget wise so I'm looking around the room and I said well what if we had a female you know we've had some really good female reads come in and of course next thing I know Courtney Bennett's doing cartwheels and everything else all around the table like oh pick me pick me pick me <laughs> kind of thing you know and <laughs> you know we're like Courtney, you want to do it? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she did a fabulous job. I told her to kind of come in and play very cold. First of all, you're a Frankenstein. Now you're a doctor. So think about when you were in doctor school or everybody really hated you because you didn't have women doctors back then, you know. Then you have this uh, brother who you have to kind of look after and take care of, and so you've had all this put on you in your life. So you're you're miserable. You you really don't care about anybody. <laughs> and I she just nailed it. She did a really great job. And I'm not so sure Courtney's character would be over. We'll just leave it at that.
0: Oh, good. That's, I mean, you're teasing me here, but that's great. I really enjoyed her and what she did. I liked her with Wayne. And I liked the scenes with you and her together. You know, you as the monster and her as the doctor slash sister you know, slash sibling-type character, caretaker character. I really enjoyed that as well. And, you know, I know I'm talking about these other actors. I want to give you a shout-out as well. I enjoyed you as the monster quite a bit.
1: Well, thank you, because, again, that, that's scary. You know, it takes a big guy to put the fangs and cape on, but I tell you, I, I think it takes just as big a person to put them boots on, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, there's some very large shoes to fill, though, no fun intended. You know, there, there's been, you know, Karloff and Chaney and there's just been so many people to play that part. And, uh, again, not being the biggest in statue of a guy, you know, everybody kind of laughed that I wanted to play the biggest character part, you know? Yeah, you know, but I've always loved the Frankenstein monster. That's always been my favorite, you know, out of all the universal monsters. And I said, if I'm making a film, I'm playing that part. <laughs> um, I, I'm putting those boots on. And, and, you know, I know, like Wayne says, you know, every actor wants to try to bring something new something different to it and it, well the worst part of it was again not having a lot of time to really relate to the monster as in tales of dracula i didn't really have a whole lot of time to really you know research my feelings for that character or that you know to become into that character so it was really uh I, I was really scared that I, I wasn't going to pull it off, and I was afraid the fans were going to be really, really rough on me about it, and, and hopefully that uh, we'll get to see more of our Frankenstein monster.
0: That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Are you able to share any details or tell us if there's something more coming?
1: The monster is definitely, in the next two scripts, the monster is definitely not gone. Um, he's definitely still there. Okay. Um, there's some really cool things that will be coming, as I mentioned, that, uh, you know, i, I like to so you were a fan of Courtney's character. If you watch Tales of Dracula, there's something mentioned throughout the movie that is done in letter form. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So, therein lies the secret plot coming in part two.
0: I guess I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the movie. Darn. <laughs> so,
1: everybody, you got a copy of the movie, run right out, pop it in that DVD player. <laughs> and if you
0: don't have it, go out and buy it because it's like six exactly. bucks on oldies.com, oldies.com right now.
1: Com, you can't beat it.
0: When we had Wayne on, he talked about he'd be willing to come back to do another track. You say you have a couple more scripts. Before we started recording, you were talking a little bit about maybe some crowdfunding possibilities. Is this something that we can talk about on the show?
1: Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Tom and uh, Wolf Fame Production team, you know, with the responses that we've been getting from the uh, reviews of the film, every review I've read, if we had 10 stars, that we were looking at 10 stars, we always fall between 5.5, 5, 6. I think even our IMDb were a 5.8 rating from fan reviews and, um was actually one critic review on there. So M.I.D.B. is already rated as at a 5.8. Everybody is asking for the sequel. Well, to do the sequel, we're going to have to raise some money um, because I really don't want to let the fans down. And one of the reasons we did kind of do Tales of Dracula, the original script was way bigger. And we were looking at a budget of anywhere around $100,000 to $150,000 to do it. Wow. <laughs> um, which we we knew at the time, we just didn't have that kind of money. You know, so what I started doing was there were certain parts of the original story that I had written. And by the way, the original title of the film was Tales from Dracula's Crypt. And so we just kind of huh. said, well, let's shorten that up to Tales of Dracula. So I took certain things from the, and, and one of the biggest things I took from the original script is Anton and, and the inn because I love the character, and we had uh, an opportunity to shoot up at State Park, which was a great building where the inn was built. The set was built within this big, beautiful stone building. So we had to work within what was available to us to be able to do it for the $20,000. Now, next time out, you know, I I know we need a larger budget. Um, How much larger, I don't know, because there is going to be a lot of sets. And this time, one of, like I said, one of the problems we also had was that, yes, people did open up their hearts and, and their spaces to us, but we were always under time constraints, um, that we had to be out by a certain time. When we were filming up in State Park, it was the break of the season. and next thing you know, you got the kids yelling and screaming down in the water park, and we had so much problem with the audio and, and capturing noises and everything outside. So the next film, we really want to go rent the warehouse and just build all the sets that are going to be required. Plus, you know, there's, there's still the opportunity to bring in Donnie Dunnigan and uh, Janet Gallo. I mean, what a great opportunity to bring these folks in to this film, because this, you know, again, could be their last opportunity we could get them to reprise their roles. Um, as Constance and Donnie Dunnigan returning as uh, Peter von Frankenstein, and I think what a great tribute this film would really be to have some of the original stars and folks involved in it, you know. And I and I know we possibly could do that, but we'd have to definitely bring the funding up to do so. Um, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna need some help from all the fans out there to make sure that we're getting it out there everywhere we possibly can on every. Classic Film Board, uh, Dracula Fan Page, all these different pages, because like I said, I think there's so many folks out there yet that have not seen Tales of Dracula that would truly enjoy it and say, yeah, you know, we'd love to uh, contribute to, you know, continue the series.
0: Well, I add Monster Kid Radio to that list of places that are going to talk about it. If something happens, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, whatever, please keep me posted because we'll make sure all the listeners know. You know, you've got my support. I'm really excited to see what comes next from the trails of Dracula storyline. I suppose is the best way to put it. You've got two more scripts. I'm eager to hear what happens next.
1: Well, definitely, it's it's really cool, and there's going to be a lot of fun surprises in there. Um, again, I think it's it's just a matter of getting the uh, the funds together to do it for the fans, and 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 I know I would. Definitely want to do it. And like you said, Wayne is definitely on board. I know Dwight's on board. Uh, Tom and Mike are both on board. Um, and I think we'll bring the same love and enthusiasm to part two that we did in uh, Tales of Dracula. Excellent. And, of course, you know, obviously, Tales of Dracula part two, you know, the title will be Tales of Dracula, Dracula versus The Wolfman. Now, we all remember that was a film that was scheduled to be made Mm -hmm. by Universal, which never happened. You know, so I think this is truly a great opportunity to bring that into the realm of you know, our classic films on the shelf. And there's so much more information that we're going to give you about Tom DeLillo's character, Creighton Reed, in the next story.
0: Now, that's exciting to me because the idea of an original universal film, Dracula vs. the Wolfman, just I love the idea of it. What little I've read about what that story or what that movie could have been is just, I mean, ultimate daydreaming for me about what that movie would have looked like, what it would have sounded like, felt like. So to know that you're going to tackle that particular title at least, and maybe even play in that sandbox a little bit. Man, it's exciting. Exciting, man.
1: Well, one of the, the coolest thing that's going to come out of it, which we really won't get too much away, is where the curse comes from. You know, we all watch the original Wolfman, and we all know Port Bella's at the camp, and Ron and Chaney Jr. just happens to be at the wrong place wrong time, but nobody really tells you how Bella became a werewolf. We cover that. We have the answer.
0: Nice. Alright, don't tell me anymore. I want to be surprised when I Tales won't. of Dracula We're not 2 tell you comes. Anymore,
1: but, but folks, <laughs> that's kind of what Tales of Dracula 2 is. It really kind of talks about where all that develops and 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 the curse and how it all ends up relating to Tom DeLillo's character in the film and, and uh, you know, his journey into learning more about that. And he meets some really great folks on the way, is all I can tell you.
0: You're teasing me, and I love it. I can't wait. Please keep us posted about anything happening in the Tales of Dracula camp, okay?
1: We will, definitely.
0: It goes without saying, thank you to Joe for supporting Monster Kid Radio. As much as we've been supporting Tales of Dracula, he's been supporting the podcast. In fact, it was his idea, it was his initiative to try to get Monster Kid Radio to one 1,000 likes by the end of August. Is it possible? Well, with your help, I'm sure it is. If you're a Facebook user and you haven't already liked the Monster Kid Radio page, which is at facebook.com slash Radio, well, I'd like to ask you to do so. And if you have any friends who are also into classic movie monsters or just podcasting in general, please feel free to share the link with them as well. Joe's going to be back here in a couple of days, and we're going to talk about Monster mashup movies tales of dracula combined frankenstein's monster dracula and a wolfman well this is an homage to the monster rally films of the 40s and the 50s and joe and i are going to talk about our personal top three favorite monster mashup films here in a couple of days so you'll have to come back for that although if you know me or have been listening to the show for any length of time you probably know what my number one is but my number two and three i think might surprise you (laughs)
1: Kongga! Not since King Kong has the screen exploded with such mighty fury, defying bullets, bombs, rockets, standing a hundred feet tall, sending an entire civilization into panic. Kongga! In color and spectamation.
0: This brings us to the end of Monster Kid Radio. If you need to know anything about Monster Kid Radio between episodes, head over to MonsterKidRadio.net. It's here that you'll find links to everything that we've talked about here. On the show, every single episode has comprehensive show notes that'll get you links to places like Wolfbeam Productions Facebook page, or the Tales of Dracula Facebook page, or even the location on Oldies.com where you can buy a copy of Tales of Dracula for yourself. I was a little worried that the price will have gone up between the time I recorded with Joe and now, and it hasn't. It's still only five. 95 you'll also find links to every single song that's appeared here on the show including the song waterboard surfing from the insanitizers and you know i didn't mention this at the top of the show they're award winners recent award winners their recording shootout won a national award last month for best rock instrumental from the academia this category spans all rock instrumentals and i think that's very very cool Also on Monster Kid Radio, you're going to find links to our Patreon page. I mentioned that at the very beginning of the show. I want to mention it briefly here. If you want to help support the show and become a patron, follow this link and you'll see how you can help support the show financially while scoring yourself some awesome rewards, like a Monster Kid Radio care package, or maybe even helping to determine a future topic here on Monster Kid Radio. We also have links to the various stores that support Monster Kid Radio. If you want to buy something monster related through Amazon, well, we have a link for that. Also, we have a Zazzle shop. And every once in a while, I try to put something new up there, like the Frankenstein 4 t-shirt. You'll just have to go check it out for yourself. Our contact information is on our website as well. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. Our Facebook group, there's a link there as well. It's different than our Facebook page. The group is where the conversations with you guys and gals are happening. So you can join the group that way. Again, like I said, in two days, we're coming back with Joe to talk about our favorite monster mashup movies. That's a fun conversation. I've already got most of that episode edited. Eager to share that with you. And then next week on monster kid radio, I can't stop talking about monster bash so much so that I've got Ron Adams coming to monster kid radio to talk about monster bash. His background as a monster kid and convention organizer And during that conversation, we're going to find out what monster from the Universal Canon he thinks deserves a little bit more attention. Let's go ahead and wrap up with the Insanitizers. But first, I need to let you know that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Waterboard Surfing. That belongs to the Insanitizers. It's on their album Whimsical Surf. You can find them at Insanitizers com, or Facebook, Amazon, and CD Baby. However you find them, let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Talk to everybody here in a couple of days.